Thanks for joining us at the Vibe Church Podcast. It's Christmas at Vibe, and we want to invite you to a special project we've been working on, Vibe at Home, happening Christmas Eve, December 24th. We want to encourage you to join from anywhere. For more information, go to vivechurch.org. Would you stand and show your gratefulness for what they've done, your appreciation? Come on, aren't they amazing? Amen. Amen. Aren't they incredible actors? Hey, grab a seat for one moment. I just want to quickly share something with you. I am, I am constantly amazed every time I see this at the acting ability of our church. It's crazy. It puts into perspective my own acting performance skills, which, to truth be told, I was in one performance growing up. Our church did a performance called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames which was meant to be an outreach production, except the very title scared everyone away from coming. And and I wanted to be in it so badly, they they actually uh, cast a specific role for me. They said, hey, you know what we're gonna do, Adam? We're gonna make you a drunk teenager. That way, your performance will be convincing. That's what they said. That's how bad it was. But I remember the performance well, Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. In that production, there was a character playing Satan and one character playing Jesus. And I can remember that, that Satan in the, in the production was always this kind of lurking, looming character who always had a hand in every, every scene, every scenario, every circumstance, sowing seeds into it to actually produce the outcome that he desired. Meanwhile, Jesus was always kind of portrayed as a meek and mild character who never, ever seemed to intervene. And I know it was just an artistic direction and just a, uh, someone's, someone's idea or interpretation of how those characters should play. But I can remember even at that young age thinking and wondering, why does Jesus act that way? Didn't expect Him to act that way. And maybe, maybe, maybe art sometimes imitates life where we wonder the same question when we face circumstances and we ask, why does, why does God act that way? Didn't expect God to act that way. Can I read you real quickly just one passage of Scripture, just real quick, just real quickly, just the passage of Scripture that this whole performance was based off. We find it in John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children not born not of a natural descent nor a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John testifies concerning Him. He cries out saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after me, has surpassed me because He was before me. Here we have a situation where we've got John talking about John. You've got two different Johns. You've got John the Baptist. You've got John the disciple. John the disciple is writing about how John the Baptist broke 400 years of silence. 
In fact, if you know anything about the Bible, the Bible is somewhat broken up into two parts. You've got the Old Testament, which finishes with Malachi and the New Testament that begins with Matthew. And in between them, we've got 400 years between prophets speaking. Malachi, the, Testament, uh, the, the prophet of the Old Testament. And now we have John the Baptist, the New Testament prophecy uh, prophet, breaking with prophecy about the one who would come, the Messiah who would be born, testifying with a message of redemption about the light. John the Baptist, who was widely known and highly revered as a prophet of righteousness, a messenger of God himself, calling God's people to repentance as he began baptizing people by the thousands as he ministered out in the wilderness. In fact, the Bible tells us that large crowds began to gather as his notoriety began to grow. Speaking of a, of a Messiah who would come and who would change things as we know it. Change the entire system. And you've got to understand to a, to a people who were under heavy oppression, they, this message made him one to follow. In fact, the Bible talks about John the Baptist as a wild man. He lived out in the wilderness. He ate locusts and wild honey. He wore camel hair on his chest and he wore a, a leather belt, which in my mind made him hipster way before it was a thing. <laughs> Yet he's a fascinating character to say the least, John the Baptist. Who had, a, who had a message about, about a God who would come and a Messiah who would free people from their oppression and a people who were under heavy persecution from the Roman Empire. Man, John was someone definitely to follow. A man who had a deep conviction about the message that he preached, yet he was not convinced of who it was he was speaking of. Isn't that like life sometimes, how, how we carry deep convictions about doing right? We carry, we carry deep convictions about fighting for what's good and fighting for what's right, but yet sometimes we wonder, what is this battle for? In fact, it's not even later until in this chapter that we actually find that, 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 that Jesus actually comes on the scene and it's John as he's baptizing in the Jordan River. He was baptizing people with, with water and thousands of people would come to be baptized by John one day as he was preaching his message of repentance and as he's baptizing people in the Jordan River, he notices Jesus coming along and in that moment, he realizes that all this time, this message he was speaking of was all about Jesus he didn't know it was Jesus. I mean, he knew Jesus. He, his mother Elizabeth and Jesus' mother Mary were cousins. So he knew about Jesus, but he didn't know Jesus, the Saviour of the world until that moment. And he realised it was, it was Him. This one he'd been speaking of, this one he'd been prophesying about, this Messiah that was, that was coming to, to redeem the world. He was making a way that would, the one who would change everything. And he didn't know it until this moment. So check it out. John baptizes Jesus in the Jordan. Jesus heads off into the wilderness and begins his ministry. Meanwhile, John's message of repentance and, and purity actually offended some of the religious leaders. They, they, they offended some of the authorities. In fact, King Herod himself didn't like the message that John was preaching because it contrasts his lifestyle. So Herod had John put in prison. And here we find a situation where John, who was so convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, so convinced, not just of his message, but now who his message was about, is wondering, did he get it wrong? Because he was expecting, like everybody else, the whole system to change. So we see a fascinating interaction in Luke chapter 7. It says this in verse 18. John's disciples told him about all these things, what Jesus was doing. 
Calling two of them, He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? John, who had an experience that wasn't matching his expectations. Like many of us, John thought the minute Jesus came on the scene, everything was going to change. He expected the system to crumble. He expected God's people to be raised to power. But instead, what he finds is his situation is worse. He's in prison. So he sends a message to Jesus. Are you actually the one after all? He was so convinced, so convicted about it being Jesus. Now, seemingly confused because his expectations didn't meet his experience. And then I like what Jesus does. In fact, can I just ask you that question one more time? What do we do when God doesn't act the way we expect? And I like what Jesus does. He, he replies straight back, but not as you would expect either. Sometimes we would expect that Jesus says, oh, I didn't realize you were in prison. Let me bust those prison doors open and get you out of that circumstance. That's not what Jesus does. In fact, we see it in verse 20. It says, when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So we replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk and those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised and the good news is being preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. What Jesus does in this moment is He doesn't shift His experience. He alters His expectations. He, he takes his perspective from the temporal to the eternal. He's like, you are looking for people to get free in the moment. The dead are being raised back to life. The blind who were walking around unable to see now see the light of life itself. He says, John, the problem with your expectations is they were based on an experience that you would live. But he said, I got to take your view from the temporal to the eternal. I, I got to shift some things. I dare say that the reason God doesn't act the way we expect has to have something to do with our perspective. Our perspective. In fact, John, when Jesus shifted his perspective, got the revelation. We see it in, in John 1.15. Let me read it again. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. You see, it wasn't panning out the right way. It was confusing because His circumstances didn't change one measure. He's wondering, how does God fit into this plan that He has for me? How will this Messiah come and somehow intricately weave into the plan that God has? And he realised in that moment when Jesus took His perspective off the temporal onto the eternal, He said it Himself, He said, Now I understand, He who comes after me has actually surpassed me because He was before me all along. What am I trying to say here? He's he's confused in the moment because God doesn't act the way He expected. But what He realises after hearing Jesus' report is that God is not meant to act the way He expected because God is not an actor in His play. Check it out. The the writer of Hebrews shows us real clear. In fact, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Let us fix our eyes, talking about perspective, on Jesus, the author, not the actor, the author and the perfecter of our faith. God is not an actor in your story. 
I like what John said. What, what part does God play in our life? Or better still, what part do we play in His story? That's the better perspective. That's, we're so confused sometimes because we're trying to see how we fit God into our life. But God is not an actor in your scene. God is not an actor in your circumstance. He is the very author, the scripter, the designer, the, the author of your faith. He designed it and wrote it as He wove you together in your mother's womb. He designed you perfectly. Can't take it one step further. Because not only is God not an actor in your story, neither are you. Some of you have been acting in your life or reacting to circumstances, reacting to situations. But you know what I've learned by doing this production as we've been writing this play and as we've been scripting this thing and we've been doing the rehearsals, I've learned that there are some different roles to these productions. I mean, you've got the actors and they do an amazing job. We've got actors from every campus and do an incredible job. We've, we've got the actor, we've got the author who writes the script out and does it, puts it all together. But there is a whole other role that I've come to appreciate can I get my chair out here? Because we've also got a role called the director. And we've got an incredible director, Katrina. Can we give it up for Katrina? And what I like about Katrina is she's got a director's chair. Only the director can sit in it. But today I'm going to sit in it because I get to do whatever I want. But, and I've been wanting to sit in this chair because I like the way that she can, she can just boss people around. That's what she does. She takes on a whole new personality when she sits in this chair. All of a sudden, if she doesn't like the way a scene is playing out, man, she just starts to make some decisions and she changes the whole scene so that it will achieve the way the, the author actually wrote it all along. Because sometimes actors get squirrely. Sometimes actors get on their own reservation. Sometimes actors get lost in their own mess. But it's the job of the director to guide and lead in line with the direction that the author intended but the director actually decides I gotta tell you you are not an actor in your life God said come on you have left the director's chair void but that is the position that he's called you to be in you're a director you're a director you're meant to direct every circumstance every scene instead of reacting to life reacting to relationships reacting to circumstances God says would you direct them in line with my will because I have written it in advance that you are more than an overcomer, that you are more than victorious, that I have called you to achieve in life, to succeed in life, to flourish in life. I have made it so that you would have life and life to the full. Stop reacting. Start directing. Start directing. We hope you are blessed by this podcast. For more information, service times, locations, and to partner with us financially, visit vivechurch.org.